With Medical Memory recording hundreds of thousands of patients with their HIPAA-compliant mobile app, we felt it was relevant to start discussing the best practices in patient communication, especially now that so many providers are recording these patient interactions with video. My name is Julie, and I've spent 15 years working with physicians to strengthen their communication skills. Listen in as we learn tips from the industry's best in patient experience. How can we strengthen these patient and family conversations and help our nurses and providers optimize their time, especially now that the camera is on? So quiet on the set, roll camera. This is scene one, take one, patient. Now, action. Hi, thanks so much for joining another episode of Take One Patient. Um, I'm really, really excited to be talking to Dr. Al Carter. He is the CEO um, at the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy. Um, and we have such an awesome and interesting conversation. So I'm so excited for everyone really to hear from you and what you do and all of those things. So I'll let you go ahead and start and really introduce yourself and tell me, um, tell us all a little bit more about like kind of how you got into your role and, and what you're doing now. Sure. And, and thank you, Julie, for having me today. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Al Carter, Executive Director, uh, CEO of National Association of Boards of Pharmacy also known as NABP. Um, and I've been in this capacity for about three years. It'll actually be three years uh, in two weeks. And um, I, NABP first is a nonprofit, independent, impartial organization that serves our membership to with the vision and mission of protecting public health. Uh, our membership are the 50 state boards of pharmacy, um, or actually 54 state boards of pharmacy because it includes the uh, U.S. territories. And then our membership also includes the 10 Canadian provinces. Um, and so we've been um, in this organization has been around since 1904 uh, with a focus, again, on protecting public health. Um, we do that through a number of different ways, whether it's education, uh, whether it's competency assessment, whether it's providing resources to the boards of pharmacy to be able to do their job. Um, how did I get into this role? I actually used to work for Walgreens and work for Walgreens uh, for right out of pharmacy school. Um, and then through um, the first 18 years of my career. And I did many roles, but one of the biggest roles that I had and the most focused was in pharmacy regulatory affairs. Um, and in doing that, I also served on the Illinois State Board of Pharmacy for seven years. So I've been actively engaged with NABP um, for several years. And then when the opportunity came up due to my predecessor retiring, uh, I, I jumped at the opportunity to to interview for this position and take on this role. And here I am today. Um, and so I won't say it's been an easy job because it hasn't. Um, as we, I, I started right in the midst of COVID. And so as we, as the world was dealing with COVID, as we as healthcare professionals have been dealing with COVID and everything that's come along with this pandemic, uh, it's, let's just say it's been fun, but it's been challenging. Yeah, I can imagine actually, especially in your role, kind of getting that right during this time. Um, so a couple of things that I thought were really fascinating that I didn't know much about, uh, that I'd love you to kind of dig a little bit more into, um, one of which is uh, a little bit more about kind of the prescription monitoring program and kind of like what you guys are doing. Um, and kind of, I, you had mentioned a little bit, this really started during the pain clinic, you know, with a lot of pain clinics and how that goes. And just talk a little bit about, about that and how it impacts not just patients, but also those pharmacists that are prescribing these medications. 
Sure. So prescription drug monitoring program, or PDMP is, is how we refer to it, um, has been around for over 10 years. And so when when the pain clinics were were up and starting and, and, and really doing a lot of uh, bad work by providing just pain medications to anyone from off the street, um, what we started seeing is we started seeing pharmacies that were getting long lines of patients coming in trying to get pain medications. There was no way of tracking this information. So the state boards of pharmacy started to track the dispensing of controlled substances, not only for, for, to, for the pharmacists, but also for prescribers. What we did is once these states started building this up, there was no way to connect the state. So you had patients that were hopping state lines and we'll say going from Florida to Georgia to Mississippi to Alabama to get pain medications because they were being denied in their state. And so what we helped develop was what is what we call PMP Interconnect. And that Interconnect basically provided a gateway for all these PMP or PDMP programs to start talking to each other. So now if that patient went from Florida to Georgia, the pharmacist in Georgia can look into that PDMP program and would see, okay, you just got this prescription filled yesterday in Florida and you got it filled, you know, a week before that in Alabama. We're not going to fill it for you because it is too soon. And so they helped, this helped, I won't say eliminate the pain pain clinics and the opioid epidemic that we're dealing with, but it helped provide providers and healthcare professionals better access and better knowledge to help eliminate as much as they could or help patients to seek help for addiction and, and, and other things that they were going through. Whereas otherwise, it would only be in the confines of that state that they would be able to see that information. And, and P, the PMP Interconnect program, we actually just celebrated our 10th year anniversary uh, last year. Um, and so we've been operating for, actually, it was, I feel like it was last year. Uh, we've been operating for a little bit over 10 years now um, with this program by helping to provide services to, to all states. Well, and that's and definitely, I mean, that was probably such a huge undertaking is even, you know, seeing it's a challenge and then building kind of a network such as that, especially for, you know, a lot of patients still really need it. And for those that are bumping, you know, space to space that is really scary and limiting that, I'm sure had a profound effect on a lot of families being able to kind of, okay, we need to seek different or outside help because the access just isn't there. Correct. And, and, and the what it's been able to do for prescribers who now have access to system and many of them go into it before they prescribe controlled substances to anyone is it's it's basically given them a leg up to see to have true transparency into a patient's dispensing records for controlled substances to allow them to either provide uh, additional services or other medication services or prevent them from from becoming addicted or getting more pain meds than what they need uh, that could lead to uh, severe injury or even death. Right. Absolutely. Um, so at, that's a great program to really help, you know, prevent people from taking advantage or, or to kind of finding loopholes in the system. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing you really talked to me about that I think is very interesting and I had no idea about it was the rise of internet pharmacies and some of the challenges that come from that. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what, what these are and, and why are they, why are these internet pharmacies, and you can say what I'm saying in quotes, are even um, existing? 
You say interesting. I say scary. Um, scary. Yeah. And, and it really is. Uh, <laughs> and so you, you've had you've had internet pharmacies that have been around for for some time, but with the onset of COVID, you've just seen a huge spike in internet pharmacies because for over eighteen months, patients couldn't go to their pharmacy or they couldn't seek the the care they needed, so they resort resorted to telemedicine. Um, or other online services that were able to help, you know, first get them um, get the help that they needed for whatever condition or acute uh, illness that they had. And so with that, you also have Internet pharmacies that are saying, hey, this is an opportunity for us to get into this space because now the patient doesn't have to go to the pharmacy. They can come to us and we can ship it directly to them. The challenge with this is this is over 95% of pharmacies online are acting illegally. And they're doing so because they're either not a licensed pharmacy or the product that they're shipping is illegitimate, uh, it is fake, or it doesn't contain the complete active ingredients of the medication that they should be taking. And so there are so many bad actors out there, rogue pharmacies that are in this space and are trying to just manipulate and, and, and take advantage of COVID, take advantage of all the drug shortages that we're dealing with, take advantage of the abortion um, issues that certain states are having, the shortage in antibiotics, any type of opportunity that gets media press, the internet pharmacies, many of these rogue internet pharmacies are taking advantage of, and you'll see the next day, get your amoxicillin capsules here for you know X amount of dollars, no prescription needed or whatever the case may be. When you see these things, they're red flags. And it's just, it, it is abundantly happening across the internet. And we know, and we live in the age of Amazon where you know we anything we need, we, it's right at our fingertips. We hop on our smartphone or hop on our, our iPad or whatever else may be the case. And we order it and it's here the same day or the next day. And pharmacy is getting to the point, especially um, in, in this digital age, where it's no different. And that's where we're having the challenges that we're seeing with many of these rogue pharmacies that are shipping products that are illegally or not licensed or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and it's just unsafe. It's scary. Right. And, and I was blown away by that number, that it was 95% that are acting illegitimate and that a lot of patients that you know, are looking to maybe have some savings or they're not insured or they're like, man, this is so tight, are mm -hmm. looking for an easier answer only to have it, as you said, laced or placebo or who knows what that they're even getting because it's not even that licensed medication. And that can have huge, you know, fatal consequences for these patients. Right. I'll throw out some more numbers for you. Since we've started doing this, we have found over 40,000 internet pharmacies that are acting illegally. And my team, that the, the, or NABP's team that works on this, we find about 200 sites a week. 200 sites a week, I'll repeat that, that are acting illegally or rogue internet pharmacies that are, that are doing no good. So how, and, and it's interesting you say that, because even after our conversation, I all of a sudden became acutely aware on social media how much this stuff is popping up. I never even noticed it. And then now all of a sudden I was like, oh, like this here and this here. And you can do, you know, therapy online, which is great. But like also you can get the medications and do all this. And some of them are great. And But I was surprised how much that was kind of popping out with the social media, especially actually with the antibiotic thing. I had two kids. And when I heard it, 
I must have Googled it a few times because then all of a sudden my feed was going where go right. to here, go to here, we'll give it to you, go to here. Um, so how do you, knowing that, and I mean, just getting that information out that it's 95% of them are not legitimate. How do patients um, or their family members really, um, like, how do they kind of determine that? Like, what should we be looking for? You talked about red flags. Like, what are some other things that they could be doing? There, there are a couple things. Uh, there are really, there's some big things that you should know first. So if you go into one of these sites and they are saying that no prescription is needed or they are going to, you know, dispense your medication without a prescription, that should be a huge red flag because nowhere in the United States are you able to get a prescription medication without a prescription. So that's, that's your first red flag. Um, second, if there's no access to a pharmacist, you should always be able to have access to a pharmacist to provide counseling, to talk to you about your condition or the medication that you're taking and whether it's the right medication for you or whether they need to talk to your prescriber to get a different medication for you. If you don't have access to a pharmacist, that should be a, another uh, red flag. The, the third thing that we always say is just make sure that you're talking to your healthcare team. So whether it is your, your, your provider, whoever's prescribing you the medication, or whether it's your pharmacist, just make sure that you verify the medication before you buy it. And there are many ways to do that, but going through um, these sites that aren't credentialed um, or are asking for this and saying, hey, you can get this medication uh, from Canada for, for $100 less than what you can get it for in the United States or from this website, wherever it is, it doesn't even have to be from Canada, but from wherever it is. And you know, we're gonna sell this medication to you for a dollar a pill when you went to your pharmacy, you know that that medication was like $400. That should be a huge concern when there's that big of a discrepancy in, in pricing for that as well. Um, and so I always recommend that you either reach out to your pharmacist or you talk, make sure that you talk to a pharmacist before you start taking any medication that is dispensed to you either online or, um, or at your local um, mom and pop store. Right. And I thought that was interesting because I didn't even know that you could do that, that you could literally take any medication that you have to a pharmacist and be like, what is this? Like, Tell me what this is. And is this healthy to take? Um, which isn't even necessarily been online. But even if you have an older parent or somebody that, that you're wanting to make sure is healthy, like, you know, checking to make sure things are you know, all good. I didn't know you could just go and be like, hey, help me. Like, what is this? Yeah. Your, your pharmacist can do that. Poison control. You can always call the, you know, the 1-800 number for poison control. Uh, poison control can also help you with that. And it's usually uh, housed by pharmacists and other healthcare professionals that can help identify specific medications based off inscriptions on pills and what have you. And so either one of those, um, because I know some, it may be difficult to, to access a pharmacist uh, more readily, but nowadays you can just call a pharmacy and tell them what, what's on it and, and they can help you to determine whether it is. But I'll tell you this though, the bad actors are getting really good at what is counterfeit medicine and what is real. And, and so you still need to be cautious in where you're buying medications and make sure that it's from a known site. Nowhere on social media from a guy or girl who's, uh, who you know, some person who's saying that they'll meet you at this spot to give you your Oxycontin or your Percocet or your Adderall. Those are sites that I, I just wouldn't trust. We've seen too many people die, both young and old, over the last you know several years due to uh, overdoses from, from some type of social media contact where they bought this medication and it was laced with illicit fentanyl and then they died within minutes. Um, and you know, just hearing so many of these sad stories 
uh, day in and day out. It, it's, it's one thing that we say is like, just make sure you know where you're getting your medication from, that you're verifying that, and that you're talking to a trusted healthcare professional before you're ingesting anything that you're putting in your mouth or putting into your body, because um, it could likely be very lethal and, and kill you uh, with one dose. Which is so scary. And that's, and that's even too, where you also talked a little bit about um, like self-diagnosis and like kind of being like, oh, I need this, but maybe, you know, like where a lot of these, you can get it so easy. And if there's not a medic, uh, uh, medication reconciliation, you know, you could really be causing a lot of harm to yourself with stuff that, oh, I can just take, I don't know, depression medicine or Adderall or whatever, and I need it, but not really seeing you can't self-medicate on some of this stuff, especially right. if someone's not taking a prescription. They're not reconciling with your prescriptions that you are maybe taking. So talk even a little bit about that. Right. And, and we're, you know, again, we're in this digital age and, and we're, we're all, we're all, you know, have, have, have done it and, and, and can say that we have done it is, is when you have something, you're not feeling well, or, or when you're, you know, or when one of your friends comes like, oh, I'm not feeling this, or I feel this. The first thing you're doing is you're going to Google. And then on Google, you're going to see all these different indications and diagnoses. And then after you're like, all right, how can I get some of this medication without going to a prescriber uh, or a physician or, you know, or healthcare professional to get it? And, and so it, it goes back to that living in that digital age. And I always say, and, and I know, and like, even when I'm talking to friends and it's like, ah, oh, well, I, I have this. And it's like, you need to get checked out and you need to go to a doctor and, and see what you really have, because there may be underlying conditions that you don't think that you may not be experiencing, but you don't really know. And so to get the appropriate diagnosis and to get the appropriate care that you need, you should go see a trusted healthcare professional to be able to do so and not depend on Internet and, and, and what you see or what you read in, in Google or, or what have you. No, and absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, our app, Medical Memory, um, it allows providers to video record parts of consultations or information they're wanting to provide to patients. And, and it's interesting because we just um, started like working more with pharmacy pharmacists and pharmacies where they're even will say, hey, go to our hospital pharmacy. It's right downstairs, like check in, make sure so that you are going to stay on your medication, making sure that you have it, go right there. Or, but a lot of them are even a lot with that information is you really need to have a reconciliation. You really need to make sure that everything is working. Like, you know, come and see us. Like, I know it's a hassle, but let's make sure that everything's lined up. Um, and that's a lot of the messages they're even sending to patients just to make sure that, you know, everyone's buttoned up and it it, it is needed to have that next, next step, especially when it's something you're just going to continuously be adjusting. You don't think a little thing is going to have that much power, but you know, it really, really, you know, yeah. can be hey, one dose can be lethal of many different medications, depending on what it is. And so, yeah, I, I, the appropriate diagnosis will go a, a very long way. And, and it's and you shouldn't shouldn't put your, your health in the hands of, of the Internet. You should put your health in the hands of a trusted healthcare professional to be able to provide you the appropriate diagnosis and treatment for for what you need. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that what you're doing is awesome as far as with making sure that you're protecting people and putting these programs in place and digging into things that are in place to say, um, you know, how can we how can we make these sites go away? How can we make sure that we're, you know, making sure that everyone's not over, you know, prescribing, overtaking all that stuff? I think you're doing 
really, really awesome work. Is there anything else that you guys kind of have on the horizon um, or anything kind of that you're seeing in the next few years of, of pharmacy and the things that we need, you know, to be aware of or any of that? There, there is. And first, before I do that, I would be remorse if I didn't say this and my team would kill me if I didn't say this, but that we have a tool for patients and for the general public to go and check on internet pharmacies. Yes, it's yes. called safe.pharmacy. It's free to everyone. Anybody who wants to look at it. And, and what you do is you can go into this website, safe, again, safe.pharmacy, S-A-F-E.pharmacy. And you can type in the website of the internet pharmacy. And what it will tell you is whether or not that website is, is, a, uh, is a valid pharmacy or is a not recommended pharmacy. And in addition to that, on this website, it will give you tools on different red flags you should check um, and what have you. And so we've been we've been on a huge education campaign to just make make the public aware, make patients aware, make sure healthcare providers are aware of this tool so that they can provide it to their patient. And it's being updated on a weekly basis, because, again, as our team's finding those 200 websites each week, they're populating those websites into this uh, into into this website so that they can have, so that patients can have a directory of those pharmacies that are acting legitimately and then those that are acting illegitimately and that are not recommended. Because there is still a process and this is what Lori like, you know, it's a legitimate, shut it down. But you were just even saying, we then send the information to the authorities and they're the ones that kind of go through it. And so kind of, it sounds like until that process happens where they verify it, this is a great place to check, especially with how fast they're popping up. Sounds Correct. like getting them shut down isn't as fast and also has to be handed over. So that's a great kind of medium um, just to make sure. Is that, is that you know, and a lot of times, a lot of times when they do get shut down because these, these act, these legal actors are, are so good at doing this, they're able to pop up another site within minutes or hours or within days of the site getting shut down. <clears throat> and so that's why we continue to have, teams work on this to continue to educate and to continue to update this, you know, uh, our directory because these sites are appearing on a daily basis. And as long as we're going to continue to have drug shortages, um, you know, the shortage, the huge shortage right now is Adderall uh, and uh, along with antibiotics. As long as we're going to continue to have these shortages, you know, these rogue internet pharmacies and these bad actors are going to continue to take advantage uh, of the system and then take advantage of, of patients, um, you know, friends, family, whoever else. Uh, and so that's why we've, we've, we've been very passionate about this. We've been very active in trying to provide this tool and continue to provide this tool for free uh, to everyone and just to continue to educate the general public on different ways to make sure that they verify the medications that they're taking. Absolutely. And that's really important even for, you know, because a lot of people that listen to our podcast, we talk about patient communication. So a lot of times it's nurses and providers and, and whatnot is, you know, even if you're prescribing something as a doctor or discharging a patient is almost that one line of reminder, hey, make sure you're getting this filled at a licensed pharmacist. And if you need to go online, because whatever, like make sure like just one extra line of just make sure you know where you're getting this can be, I mean, life-saving truly, like, you know, right. for some that, you know, especially patients that are doing, you know, have diabetes or heart challenges that are consistently having it or concerned about the cost, that one more line of just, I understand it's expensive, but you got to go where, you know, it's going to be safe and, and making sure that they have that one extra voice of making the patient aware of it. Cause I would care to say most people, even I talked to a lot of which were providers. And I was like, it's 95% of this. And they're like, 
what? That's crazy. Like they were blown away by it being so high. And, and uh, some of these, some of these pharmacies, some of these, you know, bad pharmacies, rogue internet pharmacies look so good that even pharmacists and healthcare professionals can't tell like if they're good, or bad without, you know, so don't be fooled by just the deception of the appearance of the internet website. Like make sure you're doing your due diligence when you're doing that because yeah. And, and I, I would say this, the other thing I would say is, is, is not only focusing on internet pharmacies, but be very careful of social media and, and buying medications from social media. Cause you're basically buying medications from a drug dealer. No, absolutely. It's yeah, it may not be illegal, but it is like, I mean, you know what I mean? It's not a legal substance, but you're like, you're still not buying someone licensed to provide it to you, you know? Exactly. And I exactly. bet that's coming more and more, especially kids and those things. I mean, you, you look at the age population between like 18 and 49. Um, and yeah, and most of those that you're hearing from that, that, have, that, are, that have died from taking illicit fentanyl uh, laced products. It's all, I mean, a, a lot of it's coming from social media. I won't say the majority, but a lot of it's coming from social media. And just, I mean, hearing the stories of like these kids that are like, all I needed was one pill because I just I was so anxious. I need to get some sleep. And so my friend referred me to this person on social media. I contacted them. They showed up at their door, gave them medication. And the, you know, this college student is dead the next day. Like it's, it's sad. So for all the parents, and you and I are both parents too as well, for all the parents, listen, be careful with social media and make sure that you you educate your kids, your teenagers, or your college students, or just adults as well about just, you know, the dangers of, of buying medications from social media or some of these pharmacies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your education and your influence and your time. Um, it was incredibly informative and um, thank you for letting us be a platform to also help, you know, get this information out. Well, I greatly appreciate you having me and, and allowing me to to sit here and talk about this. Again, it's something we're very passionate about. And I really appreciate you and your time and, and the time of your team, Julie, for allowing us to be able to be able to do this as well. Awesome. Well, keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Get this message out there to everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And cut. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Take One Patient. We hope you have a nugget or two you can implement into your practice with your patients today. For more information about recording your visits with a HIPAA compliant app, go to www.themedicalmemory.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Julie Recording Doctors. Thanks again.